Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Down the Back of the Sofas, the podcast with Stephen Russ that embraces everything, not only the shiny new penny you found, but also the half-chewed toffee (coughs) covered in fluff. We are two friends who have known each other for 10 years and realised we do go on a bit about our geekdom and thought, let's record ourselves when it happens. And here we are. Hello, Russ. Welcome back. How are you feeling? I'm all right. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, all right. Enjoyed the little the little break. You sound sound pretty good. I was thought you was going to be like, squeaky. I oh, know. I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to? Oh, Anything good? No, nah, not much really. Um... Not much to do, is there? You know, the lack of films. Yeah, uh, that's true. Well, it won't be long. We'll be able to go out, go to well, the pub. Yeah, supposedly. Well, eventually. When, yeah, <laughs> when the vaccines come round to our age group, <laughs> which is months away. Uh, yeah, it's going to be probably the end of the year, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll have to just have to get another Star Wars mask. Yeah, it has to be done. Well, exactly. <laughs> okay. Let's perch on the edge of our seat and discuss what's piqued our interest since our last episode with So Far So Good. Okay, um, just to let you know, major spoilers through the whole of this episode, as per usual, so if you haven't read it, seen it, licked it, kissed it, tough. We're going to talk about it. We've had we've got the Borderlands. Did you know there was a Borderlands movie? No. In production yet? Yeah, another star has just been added to it. It's the um, the star of Creed Two, Florian Montianu. I think that's how you say it. He's the guy out Creed Two. Um, he was the progeny of uh, Ivan Drago, um, oh. and he'll play Krieg. Uh, in that, there's already quite a few stars in this. Is Kate Blanchett as uh, Lilith, Kevin Hart as Roland, Jamie Lee Curtis as Tennis, mm. and Jack Black as the voice of Claptrap. Oh, I love Jack Black. I, I love Claptrap. Keep your wits about you, minion. This glacier's run by a bandit named Captain Flint. The jerk kept me as his torture plaything for a few months. We played games like dodge the blowtorch and don't get dunked into the pool of acid. I was really good at the first one. And he exploded. <laughs> did you? I mean, did you play any of the Borderlands games at all? I've I've not played them personally. I've seen a lot of gameplay, um, and it's very a unique kind of graphical style they've gone to. Where I don't know, everything's got like a really thick kind of like outline to it. I really do like the style of it. it just works really well. It's quite yeah. I must admit, I, I I enjoyed the first one quite a lot. I played quite a lot of that on the um, the Xbox three hundred and sixty um, number two as well. I got into quite heavily. Um, also played that. Um, I think it's the first one, or is it the second? I can't remember in VR. 
as well. Oh, yeah, okay. the VR is quite good, and it, and it doesn't yeah. really. It helps with that sort of um, cartoony, sort of cell shaded sort of graphics. Yeah, yeah, very good. Have they not just announced the um, all three of them for the Switch? Is it out yet? Yeah, I, I think I think it's coming out, or is it out? Uh, I'm not too sure. That would be pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Borderland games are coming to the Switch. But uh, no, it's a good game. And it would be interesting to see it from... Uh, uh, it's got quite a, a sort of level of humour that I quite enjoyed as well. Uh, that do you think they're going to do another game uh, in line with the film? Or is it of uh, the films around the games that are already there? Uh, I would hope they'll sort of visit what they've already done. But then, of course, if you've played the games to death, it's going to be a bit boring for you, really, to watch mm. it. But it could be. Uh, also, um, sticking with movies, Black Widow. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that? Literally. Is that coming straight to streaming? Well, no. That's the thing. Disney has confirmed, basically, that uh, it's not going to bring that to the TV. It's not going to bring that to streaming at all. It's going to stay as a cinema release uh, May this year. Uh, it was meant to be May last year. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh it's not part of the phase four, so it's a bit of an offshoot. Uh the timeline it takes it takes place sort of in the aftermath of uh Captain America Civil War. Right. So um Well, because she can't be in well, as far as unless they do something, but in phase four she's not good she's she's dead, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, mm. yeah, they, they, they could get away with holding it back, but you know it would have been quite good yeah, but to see it. I mean, you know what Disney's like. You know, Phase Four of the MCU coming around. If they want to bring her back, they'll come up with some oh, yeah way of bringing her back. Yeah, true, true. If the film does well, I'll have money on it. If there's another Avengers film later on, she'll be in it. I'll have money on it. <laughs> that sun's getting real low. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sebastian Stan speaking of, uh, of Marvel obviously he's going to be featuring quite heavily in the uh, the Falcon and the uh, Winter Soldier the, the next yeah. TV series coming up now that uh, WandaVision's finished yeah. uh, but will he be playing a young Skywalker now, oh really yeah, there's been a lot of fan interest in the fact that he could um, the reception of the quite you know the the, the younger Mark from the end of um, the Mandalorian season mm. two was a bit you know fifty fifty people some people liked it some people didn't oh, um, I loved it I, I loved it but could you know they're saying more the 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 facial sort of expressions and 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 would you want something like that or would you want him to be recast but look quite similar. What would I you actually prefer? thought it looked all right, but then again, we didn't really see. It wasn't really Grand Moff Tarkin from Rogue One, was it? It was. He didn't no. do a lot. It didn't do that much. No. And um, you know, it, he could. The Skywalker could carry on the Mandalorian because obviously he's um, he's took sort of uh, Grogu to for training for Jedi training, yeah. uh, or could he be in the Lando series as well? Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I could, I wouldn't mind it being recast because I, I had no problem with the solo movie. No, um, I didn't really think of Harrison Ford when I was watching it. I just enjoyed no. it for the fact that that was, you know, solo. Yeah, I mean, no, they, I agree. I agree. you chuck a, I don't know, 
another five, six million or whatever at the solo film, could they have done something with Harrison Ford and made it look like it was a young Harrison Ford? Don't know. You know, the thing they is did... though, Steve, is that because of the amount of years that have passed since the first Star Wars films came out, generations now, you know, they will accept another actor playing Luke because, you know, there's not the, um, the fandom's there, but not the same as what we were when we watched them as a kid. Younger kids now watching episode four, five, and six think, yeah, yeah, they're good films, but. If they had to recast Luke, I don't think as the younger fans would probably quite accept it because you know they're not they're not much uh, as much like um, in into the films as what we were. You know they're not got that connection that we've got. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know how I'd feel until I've actually seen it, which is not yeah, very, it'll not have very an effect on not us. very helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's the whole Jar Jar Binks thing when those films come out. The the uh, the older generation couldn't stand the character but the kids loved him yeah but the the kids are now yeah. part slightly older generation and that's why he's become such a well-liked character because you know those young kids that watched him when it first came out they've obviously grown up with him and yeah he's a well-loved character now it could be the same with a, with a luke could be i mean it'd be interesting the way they go with that i mean it'd just be nice to see that character and see see him being in something again because you know, as, as good as he is in the original trilogy, he he really only got to where he was at his best in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, uh, and then before you knew it, that was gone. Yeah, uh, I mean that that part in Mandalorian for me was like seeing Darth Vader in Rogue One. He, he yeah, was... see, that's the thing. See, at the Return uh, when in Return of the Jedi, he was nowhere near as powerful as what he was in the end of Mandalorian. And there's a massive gap there where we don't see him progress from where he was at the end of Return of the Jedi up to that point, whereas he has the power that he has in in The Mandalorian. And it'd be good to have that gap filled in as a story. Yeah, because if you think, all right, we, we, we caught up with him, we had to wait an entire movie before we saw him, you know, in The Last Jedi. Last yeah. Jedi again was a fifty-fifty thing. People didn't mind it, or people were up in arms because how he, how he had to portray how his character had gone, and yeah. um, and then literally in the last film, you know, he was the ghost, yeah. so he still didn't get a chance to do his Skywalker mm. thing. And but there's um, not much of an, an age gap between what he was in the Return of the Jedi to what he was in the Mandalorian. Um, that we can see so he's become quite powerful in a short period of time and as you know going from episode four to episode six he had his training with with yoda and he he, he got some powers but he wasn't nowhere near as what he, as you say he was like a as like a a good darth vader at the end of mandalorian with just like squeezing his hand and the like robots like crushing in and that you know um he was nowhere near like that in in return of the jedi yeah, could that sort of thing be be self trained? I mean, it, maybe Ahsoka was something to do with it. You don't know. No, that's what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. There's no. definitely some some story there that can be filled in. Absolutely, absolutely. No, okay. Yeah. Um, I've got a, I've got a couple of things. Um, first one is we've mentioned the this game before, Elite Dangerous, and the fact that we've you know it's been out for quite a few years now, and we've always wanted, and the fans have always asked for you know that's able to walk around the stations and you know, walk around these planets and whatnot and it's finally coming yeah. so they announced it 
little while ago. It's called Elite Dangerous Odyssey. It's a new expansion. And even though the most recent announcement is unfortunately for console players, you're going to have to wait until a little, little while longer. It's not coming out until the end of the year. For PC players, if you've purchased the expansion or you've got the lifetime expansion, the alpha for this is going to be out on the 29th of March. Um, I think it's just a first step because you still can't walk around your ships from what I can see. It's just very much stations and going on, on missions. But I think it's a first step. Uh, knowing, no, knowing I, frontier, I see what you did there. <laughs> but no, known frontier, this will be a um, let's roll it out, see how the technology works, um, and then we'll build upon it as the years go by. That's what I think is going to happen. Anyway. I think, I think, didn't I read or saw somewhere that it's going to be a, a sort of fairly smooth transition? The fact that you, it won't be in VR, your ship will still be in VR, but yes. when you go to walk, it'll just go to a screen, which is full screen, fair yeah. enough. Um, but um, I think the ship that would be pretty cool. I mean. The fact that I have stood up in the ship before, but of course you leave yeah. your body behind in VR, and that's yeah. pretty weird. You just see a like body with no head, but to, that intrigues me a bit more. I suppose because I've already had this, and so have you, with uh, No Man's Sky. But yeah. to, it just seems that that um, you know. To, to walk around these ships would be so much better because you've got the. Yeah. the I used to love ferrying people around, around. You know, the, take them on their holidays or take them on to, you know, sightseeing trips and stuff like that. Yeah, um, that was pretty good because you're, you know, you're you're trapped in your ship for quite a long time on some of these missions. Yeah, especially and, the sightseeing you know, ones. From what I can see as well, the, the transition is that you you land on a on a planet. Or, or in a station, you say, okay, I want to uh, get outside or I want to walk around, and it just literally transitions from you being in the ship and then next thing you'll know, you're already out on the surface. So you can't physically get up out of the chair, walk to the exit of the ship and get out of the ship. You can't do that, not at the minute anyway. I'm hoping that's going to come in a further expansion down the road. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not so. I'm yeah. I suppose getting up and, and walking around a ship, coming, leaving your ship. I, I don't mind there being a transition there because it could just be the fact that obviously they need to, to um, you need to load up what you're going to see when yes. you come out because you don't even get that with with No Man's Sky. Do you? You, no. you literally just you you jump Exit to a certain ship and you're there. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and it would be nice to walk around the ship. The the, the the you know you can walk around your freighters and stuff in No Man's Sky, but you're not really getting up from your your chair to look around. And I thought that would yeah. be pretty good to make that the next step. Yeah, right, well, the cool. only game that you can do that in is Star Citizen, um, which is not VR. People always put those two. Again, yeah, people always put those two like Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen. They're like one against the other, but they're they're two very different games. That if you if you actually spend time and play them. Um, but Star Citizen, as clever as it is, and that yet you you can go anywhere, walk around the ships, and that it's it's as buggy as anything. It it needs a lot of work still, and, and it just surprises me the amount. I mean, even you know, Elite Dangerous, the amount of money that they have, but they're so slow. Yeah, and and what gets me is the fact that you know recently we've just had Sony say yes, we are working on the successor to the PSVR. We are doing it. 
you know it's going to be better than obviously than what it was and that really made a nice change just let people know that you're working on it yeah and the fact that yes there will be one uh it's going to be this year yeah the fact that at least you know something is yeah the fact that because when when they don't tell you anything it's like are you working on this or not because you know people want it just tell us yes we're working on it it is going to come out we don't know when but we are doing it but the fact that and i think elite dangerous did the same thing as the fact they said it's not vr at the moment but we do want to bring it but we can't at the moment due to certain restrictions limitations yeah 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 but they're all very secretive with that's what, what I don't where get. they're going. Yeah, and that... like, surely if you want people to be invested and spend money in your game, surely you should tell them what's coming. That's the point, and that's why I've not walked away from Elite Dangerous, but I haven't played it because I'm thinking right until it's where I want it to be, which is round about where uh, No Man's Sky is. Then I'll yeah. go back to it because yeah. I don't see the point of me having to learn everything again. For it just be stuck in a ship, mm. yeah. You know, it gets um, to a point where that gets a bit too samey. Yeah, but yeah. not only that, it, it, because all right, No Man's Sky wasn't the best example for quite a while, but the freedom you have in that is just so much more than what you get in Elite Dangerous. And Elite Dangerous came out, I think, before well, well before yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, and even with this expansion, don't it's not going to be what you can what what you can do, you know, in No Man's Sky or, or Star Citizen. It's not going to be that. This is very much a first. Let's see how it goes, kind of thing, and then we'll probably build upon it. This is what I don't get. Why is why they got to see how things? You know, the fact is they they need to give us the game that we're looking for. Is the fact I don't just want a bleak planet that I can walk around. You know, yeah. I want something where there's, you know. There's buildings, or there's you know, there's people living there. There's something going on, mm. you know. Even if you you think right, okay, you go towards this planet. Um, even if you can't sort of see uh, on land like you would normally, because graphically there, there's a there's a lot there to 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 put on the surface. Uh, it, it's trying to work out. It's trying to give us stuff with. All right, there's limitations with the fact you have to download something. So. You know, you go into a portal or something that you mm. then land, and then you come out, and there's there's the equivalent of GTA, where you've got yeah. buildings and roads and stuff, but you're obviously more Blade Runner-ish. But yeah. give us that. You know, say for instance, you have to go through a um, decontamination thing or something, and while it's doing that, it it gets rid of all the stuff that's in your ship and all the space stuff, and just you're then loads on, in on, all the new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why can't I think they've got to be careful? They they've got to be careful because um, they've got to wait for everybody to buy new PCs and and whatnot because you know they're quite graphically in, intense what they're trying to do. And if they push it too far, people aren't going to buy the expansion because they're going to think, "Well, I haven't got the PC to run it. What's mm. the point?" So, I think there's a bit of a bit of a line there. I think yeah. as long as they keep doing what they're doing, but just do it a bit quicker. You've got the money there. <laughs> Although saying that, I mean, thinking of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, that was a complete. Oh, what fiasco. a mess that turned out! <laughs> <laughs> Even the source code goes out in the open. You know, they got hacked. <laughs> 
What a mess. I was I was talking about that to Graham, and I just said, you know, literally within five minutes of me playing the game, I was driving a car, and this chappy was sitting mid-air right in the middle of the of the road, yeah. with, sitting on nothing. And this is the PC version. Yeah. And I'm sort of driving towards him thinking, oh, I'll probably just drive right through him. He's not really meant to be there. I hit him and then get punished for it. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Yeah, they, they, they messed that right up. The amount of years they worked on it as well, they messed that right up. So anyway, that uh, Elite Dangerous Odyssey, PC Alpha, 29th of March. Look out for it if you're if that's what you're into. Lovely. Cool. Um, the only other quick thing I've got is uh, on Disney+, Plus. they've added now uh, uh, what they're calling Star, which is basically their box sets, if you like, of... Um, you know, there's there's films on there, but I think the majority of it is like box sets of like series, like dramas and all that kind of thing. Isn't there a lot of stuff that's what? come over from Fox? Because obviously they bought yeah. Fox now, haven't they? Fox yeah, so you've got like so. all the Family Guy and American Dad, and um, you know, yeah, just all the Fox series. There's some older films as well, so it's it's a bit, it, it's feeling a bit more plumped up. Yeah, than what it was, but then, got the whole of Twenty Four and yeah, into yeah. that kind of thing and. Um, yeah, so you know, it's pretty good. No, no, well, you say no additional cost. I think if you didn't, if you didn't buy Disney Plus when it first came out in that certain period of time where they were doing a, a, like an offer, um, I think it's been increased by ten pounds. Yeah, but, but those that purchased it within the introductory offer, I think that Disney have said. I think I've had an email that said we're going to just charge you that same amount again this year because you kind of like you're one of the early. Early sign-ups kind of thing. Yeah, you know, it's all right. All right. There's yeah. Not too much on there that I'll probably end up watching, but yeah, I, I must admit I wasn't too like a oh, wow, but it was something no. else to think. Oh, there's older stuff there I might catch up on. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I was wowed a little bit more about all the new stuff uh, that we was getting on Disney Plus. Uh, plus, um, we was also uh, getting a lot of uh, Marvel and. Um, Star Wars and that that was 4K that yeah. at the time you didn't have on Apple but now Apple have been able to ramp all those up to 4K so I wonder if it was a bit of a, an exclusive to Disney Plus for a little while to say you know come and watch Star Wars in 4K because this is mm-hmm. the only place you can see it but yeah. of course now everywhere everybody's been able to do it now so the only, the only thing I don't like with these subscription services is that you 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 like I don't Netflix. I don't think Netflix have done this yet, but certainly Disney Plus, and I know a couple of the other American ones have done it. Is where you're paying either a monthly subscription or you've paid for it a year in advance. Yet they've got a film, new film that's come out, and all of a sudden it's labelled premiere. They want you to pay another fifteen quid to watch it. It's like, well, well, no, I'm paying you a monthly subscription, or I've paid you a year's subscription. I don't want to pay another 15 quid. I should just get that film as part of what I've already purchased. I think I don't, I don't entertain it. I don't, I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm not going to go down that route. I'm not going to start paying 15 quid. I can wait another couple of months and watch it for free. Not free, but as part of your package. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do that with tenant and I, I didn't do it with wonder woman 1984. Uh, I didn't do it with what was the other one? The other Disney uh, Mulan. I didn't do it with that. Yeah. Either. I, I did wait because you know, for me, it it's a case of um, well, if I didn't go to the cinema to see it, I would then still be waiting to see it when it comes yeah. on the streamer services. So 
you know, it wasn't a case of, well, I must watch it because, you know, at least they've given us this chance. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next part of our show where each of us share with you something we personally like. So plump up those cushions, put your feet up and relax with this episode's Sofa's Focus. Okay, so Russell, what have you got for us? Um, well, as we were just talking about Disney Plus, I've chosen something that's on Disney Plus. And it is a uh, wonderful Wonder Vision. Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, right. So, what's a single gal like you doing rattling around this big house? Well, I assure you, I'm married to a man, a human one. One. What's it Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. We just don't know what to expect. It's uh, the first, shall we say, series of the new Phase 4 of the MCU rollout. Um, I didn't take to it straight away. I, it was like, it came out, I, didn't, I saw the trailer for it, and I thought, what's this? And I didn't really know what it was about, and I, I didn't watch it, to be honest with you. And the weeks went by. Really? Yeah, the, the weeks went by, and then I started seeing sort of like people commenting on it and saying, oh, this week's episode was, you know, oh, that, that was good, or, you know, something happened. It's like, okay, let's give this a try. And admittedly, when I first watched the first episode, I did kind of think to myself, What's this? Because I didn't really understand what, what was going on and the fact that it was based in the 50s and you had the candid laugh that was but that's, that's like very much a TV show and I didn't get it. I know, first of that's, all. but I love that and I think it was because I used to watch the repeats of them. I'm old, but I'm not old enough to see the originals But but I, and I just think they got it spot on. Oh, they did? For, yeah, for the did. I, Like the I Love Lucy's, the Dick Van Dyke shows, the Bewitched... All of those that I used to watch repeats when I was younger. With the canned laughter, with the movements, the over-exaggerated emotions yeah. and everything, they got it spot on. It wasn't that, that 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 was put me off. It was the, what is this? Where's it going? That's what I couldn't grasp from it all. Oh. It was like I, I didn't know what what direction it was going to go in. Yeah, but I like that you know, because because I I was thinking you know eventually we will get to it, but it was more the case of I was just loving the 
how well I mean even the, some of the special effects that they, they did in the first couple of shows was all done how originally they did the special effects with strings yeah. you know with wire yeah. you know there wasn't any yeah. CGI apart from the bits no, it was, where it's clever yeah when he it's walked clever. through furniture yeah fair enough but like when she was moving the plates and doing stuff like that that was all done how it was originally done in the shows yeah. so you had yeah. that bit of a jerky movement to the play it wasn't perfect yeah. um, and I love the the set the set, the way that changed, um, you know, the fact that... Every episode was like a, a, a new decade, wasn't yeah. it? Like it started 50s, 60s, 70s, well, 80s. Just, that's what I mean, you had that, and then you had like the 70s, which was more like the Brady Bunch, you yeah. know, that sort. And then you had like the 80s, which was like, you know, Michael J. Fox family ties or different strokes. And then you had like the 90s, which was like Beverly Hills, was it 9120 yeah. and all that sort of stuff? Well, yeah, I have to admit, I, I, I did like the um, the intro kind of like changed every episode to be like the decade you were in yeah. kind of thing. That's clever. That and, was I did like that. And and I think I just think the sets, I mean the, the, the American ideal of how big their houses are yeah. for like just a normal family. You know, they're mm. huge, they've got so much room and and uh, yeah, uh, the kids were weird, that was funny. When they was growing yeah. up and something they boink and they'd shoot up. Yeah. <laughs> I like that when the um uh, the bit where um, Agnes finds the, um, the, the the dog, yes, and um, the the boys didn't know how to react, and she said like, "Don't don't grow," because they were going to yeah, grow. Yeah, don't, no. go, no, don't, uh, don't handle grow. this, handle this. You've got to handle <laughs> this right. <laughs> and I absolutely love um, I love um, Evans Peters or Evan Evan Peters, the actor who plays Quicksilver. Um, I don't know. I just, I just really like him as an as an actor. I love him in the um, in the X Men films. He, he um, was, yeah, he was good in there. He's like, great. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't aware that he was who he is as far as being um, her brother, because there's no mention of of that in the X Men films. He's Quicksilver, and, and and that's it. I didn't know it was the same character, but it is. All right. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I just did enjoy the fact that he, as soon as he turned up at the at the door, it was like, no, this is a distraction technique. This is not. This is not her doing that. I mean, she was shocked no. to see him. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. It's like you know, throughout throughout the episodes, um, you know, actors were saying, oh, you know, George, should we do that again? You know, and she was like, what are you on about? Yeah. You know, she wasn't aware <laughs> that it was being shown as a TV show. Uh, which was which was great. Uh, that um, wasn't her doing at all. Uh, and and again, it was quite good. As the episodes went on, it suddenly grew uh, in scale. But you saw, uh, like when the vision was going to the outer limits of the of the of the town, what an effect it was having on them because they were all like, they were either sort of static and not doing anything or just doing one sort of movement and you saw that yeah. woman who was just literally just moving her arm continually with just yeah. a tear going down her face and it was like oh yeah. my god you know imagine being trapped like that and there's nothing you can do about it and I can understand why he was trying to you know to stop her from doing this because of the hurt that he, that she was causing, causing there's, yeah. there's no way Vision would have put up for that put up with that so I, I worked out Quite early on, that it was her that was that was was doing all what, what was going on. Yeah, I didn't work out that she wasn't, you know, in charge of the way it was being projected as a TV show. I didn't work that bit up. I worked out that it was her that had created this whole 
a world kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I, I thought it was really good. Um, I, 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 like, I like the way people changed as well. Like we we saw that beekeeper sort of come out of the the sewers. Yeah, and then you saw it from a different yeah. perspective when he went under the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, that was and, really and, good. That and was. when that, when it all expanded and things were changing, like helicopters changing into balloons and and, and you know yeah. the circus and all that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, because when we first see the beekeeper, she sees him and she says no, no yeah. and she changes it. Um, <laughs> but then we see it from his perspective, and it's like once you realise what it is that she's doing, and uh, yeah, that was, that was clever. Um, I do have a question though about vision. Yeah. So they've put him so-called back together, and he appears as White Vision, which apparently he is in the comics as well. He yeah. comes back as, as White Vision. Yeah. So is is he? Because he hasn't got the the stone. No. So is he? Because the pretend Vision that Wanda made up put the memories of him into into his memory. That's right. Yeah. Um. So is he now going to be Vision going forward? Is is Vision still going to be a, a character? Uh, I think it's for them to decide because he's, you know, his eyes changed. I mean, what um, uh, Paul Bentley was quite funny because he was saying about, you know, he's, he was trolling people, saying I'm going to be working with somebody I wanted to work with for ages. He, he was talking about working with somebody he'd always wanted to work with in the industry, and I was really looking forward to the cameo and all of that. And of course, it was going to be it was him all along. <laughs> <Himself>. <laughs> But but you could see the differences in his two acting styles for both the both the characters, mm. and I thought it was very good because um, he said, "Right, well, I, I am Vision," and they just disappeared. Yeah, once and he puts all the yeah yeah when he puts all his his memories in him and his eyes change, he becomes like more humanized. Yeah, like he says, "Yeah, I am Vision." He just flies off, and that's, you don't see him no more. But his programming was that he had to kill Vision. So yeah, is he? Did he fly off? Fly off to kill himself, or did he? We're going to see that in a, in another episode where he's got the conflict of what he's meant to be doing because you know all he knows is his programming and that's it. Yeah, so. but did the pretend vision overwrite that by giving him all the memories? Uh, possibly. As soon as we saw like director director Hayward of. You just knew he was going to be the the character, but <laughs> you just knew yeah. he was going to be somebody not to be trusted at all. And I, I like they brought in the um, the um, the daughter of Maria Rambo from Captain Marvel as well. Yeah, and the fact uh, that Monica Rambo. Yeah, yeah. But also the Jimmy Woo from uh, Ant Man and the Wasp doing yes. his 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 little um, magic trick things. Yes, that I thought but, was fantastic. Um, Monica Ram- Rambo actually turns into the character is it photon yes yeah that yeah. yeah and that's how she manages to to, for, to basically the bullets go through her yeah and then you've got one of the boys doing his his neo from, one of the neo from well, the matrix yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. i quite like um uh the the, the, the cat dennings uh, yeah i, I, I like her I've, I've always liked her i thought that was perfect but, and, and i love the fact that they're inter- intertwining all these people and, yeah. and really making it because uh, that's the one thing I couldn't get with some of the DC stuff was how you know you're getting different actors and that to play the same you know it, everything's moving at the same time so you've got the TV series and you've got the movies but you're using different people whereas what they're trying to do here is use the same actors same which yeah, really good. sort of brings everything together yeah. So. Yeah, and also as well is that um, 
she's not aware that she's the Scarlet Witch until yes the end. Um, and it turns out, so Kevin Feige, who's the head man in charge of Marvel for Disney, he's come out and said that she, at, at this present moment, is the most powerful character or Avenger in the MCU. Now, had she had known what she was capable of in Endgame, I think the battle between her and Thanos would have been a lot different. Yeah, but you know why she couldn't do she she could she she had him on the ropes, yeah. And what did he say? Can you remember? No. I think he said, "Was it Hellfire?" Basically, they it, it came down because they said, well, "What about our people?" And it's like, "Just do it." And that's when it came down from the ship up in right. the air, and that's how she got caught. That's how he managed to stop her because he had she had him on the ropes. She was actually doing. Mm. She was actually going to kill him or do something that that would really just knock him out. And he knew that, and that's mm. why he said, or Firestorm, I can't remember what it was now, but... Rain fire! But Sire, our troops, just do it! If he hadn't have done that, I think mm. she, would have, she would have had him on the ropes. They, they, you know, so they I always have... thought Captain Marvel was the most powerful... Uh, Avenger or, or in the MCU and I think at the time of Endgame she probably was mm. um, up until the point where we you know Wanda works or gets told that she's a Scarlet Witch and then I do love the bit uh, have you some people might not know this so you get on the last episode you get the end credits and you got the, the, the bit with um, Monica Rambo yeah or Rambo if you keep going there's yeah. another bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was it? Um, oh. It's Wanda's in a, yes, a, a, cabin. a cabin. Yes. And she's like two different characters. The Scarlet Witch is in another room doing, looking through the spell book. And yeah. So she all, looks like just spells. the normal normal woman just outside the cabin. Yeah. And then when it goes in, yeah. she's there full, full costume, everything, just looking at that book. Now, that book, um, yeah, that's missing from Doctor Strange. When he, when right. he's, when he's showing all the books, there's one missing. Yeah. And that's right. that book, right? That she's got. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's what I mean. Yeah. So everything ties in so well that yeah. you know. I've always thought that you know. You think of all the stories and everything from all the comics and graphic novels and stuff, and they've really, they're really sort of bringing everything to life and and using those because because yeah. for a while it was like, why are you not, you know, using all these stories, all this history? Same for Star Wars. Why are you trying to do something new? You've got all these other stories that you could tell, but you weren't yeah, doing I it. Think, Whereas now they are. Yeah. Now they've realised. Before Disney Plus came out, they didn't have any way of showing. Well, showing them, I suppose. Yes, but also there wasn't the ability to make something look that good for a TV series. You know, all, all, no. movies had big budgets, but t- yeah. TVs didn't. And I no. think once you you got on that path of the HBOs, you got on that path of the really the the way to make uh, special effects a lot cheaper and quicker. I mean, Mandalorian yeah. has really blown that out of the water. Where you project the the special effects rather than having having to actually create it, because that must Afterwards. that must save so much time and be so so much cheaper. But the fact that yeah. the camera moves with that, so as that moves, it doesn't all distort. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see a lot more of that in a lot of the Star Wars stuff, and and they could use that in this as well. Yeah. So being able to produce, you know, 
deeper, more intertwined stories quicker, then we, we you know we we haven't got that where we've got to wait three years for a another movie they, in post production while they're adding all the special effects. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen anymore. I mean, look the time between the Mandalorians, and that was a series. Whereas mm. you you look back at you know the 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 major dates when we was younger seventy seven eighty eighty three. Yeah, two years in between each one. Well, three. Is it three? Yeah. 77 to 80 and then 80 to yeah, 83 right. yeah, 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 right. yeah, and, and, it's, it and it's like but but also you know 77 when it came out obviously 76 75 when they was actually doing everything mm. yeah. and you know we haven't we've got to hardly wait any of that any of that time because that literally what I, I, I've, I've forgotten how much of a you know feeling that was to think great now we've got Three years to wait. I mean, I think it, it was two years between the the new trilogy. Yes, it was. That's why I was getting. I, was, I thought it was two years before the end. Yeah, yeah. but and, but yeah. then luckily we had. All right, we didn't have with Solo, but we did with Rogue One. We had that in between, so at least we got yeah. one every year. Mm. So and now with and now there's nothing. <laughs> but I suppose we are getting it with with the Disney Plus. We we I'm happy. We I'm happy to jump yeah. from one. Uh, to another, jump from Star Wars to Marvel, from Marvel to Star Wars, and do that. That's yeah. you know, all right. We've just had One Division. We're going to get Falcon and, and Winter Soldier. Then I want to see the Obi Wan series. Yeah. Then we'll go to something else. Then Lando or some, you know, do it that way. Mm. You know, yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Mm. Definitely. But no, I, I love One Division. I loved, I loved it right from the start. I just. I, you can say my wife was was sitting there looking at me. Well, this this is why are you laughing? Why is this? And I and I was I wasn't laughing so much at the humour of the of the the episode. It was how perfectly they got the the older shows. Mm. You know that takes yeah. a lot to try and recreate that. And um, I was thinking of Paul Bettany's his overacting, but he wasn't. And looking back at the older shows. That's how they acted then as well. Mm. They each of them yeah. had it perfect, and her as well. Her mannerisms, how she was dealing with stuff, and you know, and and yeah, I thought it was perfect. Yeah, it was clever. It was clever. Right, I have a couple of books that I absolutely mm. adore. Um, there was a very small one that came out in eighty uh, three over here and 84 in the US and it was called The Meaning of Lif L-I-F-F and it's by Douglas Adams obviously better known for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy but also John Lloyd who produced Blackadder and is a creator of um, QI put simply these books are a dictionary of things that there aren't any words for yet (laughs) but it's also a realization that things don't just happen to you they happen to everybody else as well right. <laughs> and basically they're all name places and then there's a description of of um either a an action or an experience so for instance um 
Macroom. So Macroom, that's an electric kettle that goes on enthusiastically boiling long after it should have switched itself off. <laughs> Fingal's Cave, the inevitable result of cheap lavatory paper. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and my personal favourite, Fakum, to, de- <gasps> to decide against helping those less fortunate than yourself. <laughs> Now I, I have to admit when you when you said that you was uh, going we were going to be talking about these um I'd never heard of them I don't know what they are they so, they um, kind of slipped under the under the radar because um I've the, the two books that I have at the moment are the deeper meaning of lift which basically is the first book but also with with a lot more um entries to it came out in 1990 and then the other one is uh, after lift which unfortunately was after um Douglas Adams has passed, but we're still by John Lloyd, John Cantor, but also Douglas Adams' daughter, Polly. Oh. Uh, she put some bits in. I mean, if I just read the back. So basically, a lift is a familiar object or experience that English has no word for. After lift corrects that disgraceful oversight by recycling the names found on signposts. In The Meaning of Liff at 30, John Lloyd looks back on the creation of the book and talks to fans and devotees about its ongoing popularity. The Meaning of Liff is a small, black dictionary with gold lettering on it. It's faintly religious in tone, but inside readers will find a dictionary. A dictionary of things there ought to be words for, but aren't, such as... Ely. Noun. The first, tiniest inkling you get that something, somewhere has gone terribly wrong. Uh, you've got uh, e-worthy of a person, worth emailing but not worth phoning or meeting. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, this is a bit of a treat because I've got uh, three lovely people with me here, Terry Jones, Helen Fielding and Sanjeev Bhaskar. <clears throat> so, Terry, first of all, um, one thing I want to ask you about, did you know that the meaning of lift was actually named after a Python movie? Um, well, uh, yes. <laughs> what happened was we were in Jamaica writing the meaning of uh, life, and Douglas Adams phoned me up and said, "We've just uh, John Lloyd and I are doing a, a book called The Meaning of Liff." <laughs> and on the titles to the film, I don't know whether Terry Gilliam did this uh, consciously or not. It says the tombstone comes up and it says the meaning of Liff. And then a, a lightning bolt comes and burns on the the foot of the E, uh, so it reads life. That's the amazing. Of life. I didn't know that because D- Douglas. The whole idea was he thought people would mistake the book for your script, and that they would therefore sell a lot more copies. Bowdersmere, <laughs> uh, one who dishonestly ticks the "I have read and agreed to the terms and conditions" box. Mm. And there's so many of these that um, quite a few famous people have, have uh, got onto these books and, and really love them because they are sort of, they're so funny. When you start reading some of these, you just go from one to another. Somebody else for whom the meaning of Liff has a particular place in his heart is Matt Lucas. I first discovered the meaning of Liff a few years after the book was published, maybe around the late 80s, because Comic Relief brought out a big sort of, almost like an annual with contributions from lots of different comedians like Lenny Henry and Smith and Jones, Ben Elton, people like that. And uh, there were a few pages of The Meaning of Liff in there, but they were new 
They but, were new, and it was me and Douglas and Stephen Fry. That's right. Well, I read that, and that led me to get a copy of The Meaning of Liff. And I can safely say it's my favourite book of all time. And when I went on Desert Island Discs, I had it as my favourite book. That's the book I'll take with me on the desert island. Hapas is a noun. Uh, the amusement caused by passport photos. Mm. Everybody does it, but there isn't a word for it. This is given yeah. it a word. Yeah. Um, I like that. What's this one? Um, <laughs> Sidcup, a hat made from tying knots in the corners of a handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> Skagway, sudden outbreak of cones on a motorway. So they're all town names, are they? Yes. Just then, they're all. They're yeah, all. Just used, yeah. Right. They're all they're all uh, place names that have just been reused as yeah. that experience that you as thought a, as oh, a name for a description oh, that hasn't got a name exactly. Yet. I only thought it was yeah. I only thought that sort of thing happened to me. No, happens to everybody else. <laughs> Do you find that sometimes you come across a concept in it that you thought had only ever happened to you? Is that one of the things that makes you laugh? Well, I think that's the whole book. The whole book is the the realization that the personal is actually communal. And uh, the realisation that we're all part of something a lot bigger. So, in a way, you know, there is the meaning of lift there. Uh, uh, the realisation that you are not alone, that you've experienced the same embarrassment. Scoria. Noun. A small hunting dog trained to snuffle amongst your private parts. Tingrith. The feeling of silver paper against your fillings. So when did the second... So you said the first book came out in 1990. When did the second book come out? Yeah, so the um, the very, very first book came out in 83. The Deeper Meaning of Lift came out in 1990. And the After Lift, uh, that was first published in the UK in 2013. Oh, OK. Which was, literally, if you think about it, the 30th anniversary of the first book ever being printed. Yeah, it, it's just got some really, really funny entries. Um so are they widely available on Amazon? Yeah, please, I mean, you can even download it onto your Kindle and stuff. Please, you know, if you get a chance, you need to uh, just... Because it's one of these, it's not really a book to read as such. It's a book just to open at certain pages and just read and have a little giggle. These are the ones yeah. that you will, um, you know, you'll laugh out, in, laugh out loud in public. You People yeah. will look at you funny if you've got your headphones on and you're just reading these. Beppu. Noun. The triumphant slamming shut of a book... After completing the final page, I did hear that the um, the, the inventor of the cassette tape died. Yes, um, this, this week, and um, not that you should ever mock anybody that sadly passed away, but someone he was, I think he was ninety three or ninety four, and I, I saw it on a, on a post on Facebook, and, and the person that posted it said, at least he got to C ninety. <laughs> That's fair enough. I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah, that's not really mocking someone that's passed. That's kind no, of like, uh, yeah, a, 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 a tribute to them, if you like. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. Yeah, it was quite funny. It's good. <laughs> okay, so at last, it's time to lift and look under those cushions and find out what's been lost for a few years in retro raiders. <laughs> OK, 
Okay, what lovely, lovely movie have we got this time? I have a bit of a special one this time round. Um, probably would be one that's been that we've wanted to talk about for a while, but we just haven't got round to it yet. Um, and it is the absolute wonderful The Last Starfighter. The reason why I've chosen this, particularly now, is because only a couple of days ago I did read that the sequel is still on its way. The um, It's got the original writer, plus they've brought in another writer um, as well, and it's the additional writer, I think, that have said, yeah, things are still progressing. They're not, I don't, they're not at the filming stage yet, but it's the, the you know, the movie is still happening as far as they're aware. So that's why I thought it'd be a good film to bring up this week or this episode. Yeah, I mean, this was the first one that that did all CGI for the uh, ships, wasn't it? There wasn't an actual yeah. model made. Yeah, and they used a massive supercomputer called a Cray. It was water cooled, everything it probably took the size of a room, to be honest with you. But it was all <laughs> liquid cooled. All the processors were all cooled. You know, you have liquid cooling in your PC now. It's like a little box that sits on top of your processor, and there's some like you know, clear tubes with liquid going through them. No, liquid cooling back in them days was, you know, floor to ceiling, water <laughs> tanks, cooling the processors. Um, yeah, so it was definitely uh, up there with Tron um, to be the first films to embrace that kind of technology. And it was expensive as well. Um, I read that the special effects for this film cost $14 million, and at the box office, the film only made $28 million. Wow. I thought it made a lot. Yeah. Again, I suppose it's one of those films that's, that's got better with age because yeah. it has a certain look. Because they were all computer-generated, they still yeah. look good. They don't look real. They don't look as if like like you would make it today. Which gives it that whole sort of different look from anything else that's that's around, because yeah. you know some of our older uh, films that we've talked about, they some of the the, the the special effects can look a bit ropey, whereas yeah. this still looks quite good. You know, you've got the yeah, car, you've got the gun stars, which which are fantastic. Yeah, but for a film to have half of its budget spent. Well, not half its budget, but half of what it made on special effects alone was kind of like unknown back then. It's like special effects was kind of like a very much a it was a bit of an afterthought because a lot of the time they didn't know how to do half of what they wanted to do, so it was kind of like just hashed in. Um, but no, um, so let's talk a bit about what the actual film is. So it's uh, about a young lad, um, Alex Rogan. Um, he's a teenager, he's living in a trailer park with his mum and his younger brother he's just been rejected for a, a scholarship, he's a bit down on his luck and the only thing that he's really got, he's got his girlfriend but the only thing that he's got as a, as a bit of sort of like entertainment is a an, an arcade machine called the, the Last Starfighter Reading Starfighter You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada Get ready 
Prepare for blastoff. Okay, let's go. And uh, he becomes the first one in that, especially in that town, to complete it. And uh, that's when he gets visited, probably by my favorite character in the film, Centauri. Yeah. He comes down in his his spaceship car, and um, he Alex thinks he's he's won a prize because Centauri says to him, "You know, you you've completed the game. You've won a prize." Hello, excuse me, son. Store's closed, Mister. I'm not here for cigarettes or bubblegum, my boy. Uh, what he doesn't know is he's actually being kidnapped and being replaced by a beta unit. We call him Beta, 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 Beta unit, which is a, a replica of him while he gets kidnapped off and taken up to, uh, you know, up into space. That's a scare. Yeah. That's the one scary bit that I found. Um, I was trying to think what this was. Was this just a just a PG? Um, at the time, Let's see. yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a PG, and yet and I think it's when that beta unit, when when um, he sort of pulls the the bed covers off, and he's all sort of pulsating, and his eyes are yeah. like staring out. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a bit much. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah, wanted so... wanted that to show to the my younger kids, and, and sort of I can't not with that bit. Because, no. yeah, freak him out a bit. I like the bit as well where he's working on his head and his younger brother wakes up. <laughs> he twists, <laughs> twists like, it round. <laughs> and he says, you're dreaming. Go back to sleep. I, I, luckily enough, when um, when I got, I got to, to meet Lance Guest, he's, he signed um, the, the book that I had. And he put on there, back to sleep, Steve, or I'm telling mum about your playboys. Oh, great. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I said back to sleep, Lewis, or I'm telling him about your Playboys. Yeah, I love it. Um, so anyway, he, he, he goes up into space and he's um, he's been told that he's got to defend the frontier from Zur and the Kodan Armada. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and uh, he obviously gets to then gets to meet his co-pilot, Grig. I love Grig. He's kind of like got three fingers. <laughs> and uh, he's got that pit always got a picture of his family as well, you know, his wife and kid that he has, like, you know, like the fighter pilots doing, like, Top Gun and that. They have their, like, picture in the spaceship. And... Do you know who, who who he's actually played by? Uh, no, I don't. Dan O'Hillary. I hope that's pronounced right. But he was the bad guy from the Robocop movies. So the one who was the big, big boss. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And yet he plays oh, he plays such a it? lovely character in this that you don't I expect. I did not know that. No, he's <laughs> he plays he plays the old man. So you know he he doesn't um, he doesn't play Jones. He doesn't doesn't not the Ronnie Cox bad guy. No, this no. is this is the old man. So he's the one who's above Ronnie Cox. So um, when he says at the end of Robocop, you know what, what's your name? You know, and and what's your name, son? son. But it's, so he's he's playing the sort of okay guy. But obviously, in the sequel and then the third one, he's he plays the real, real nasty character. Yeah, so, but um, yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, he's got a got to protect the, the the frontier, and um, um, isn't it on the planet of Rylos, or is it? Yeah, um, and that's when he has to get in the, the Starfighter. But he's basically the the only one. He's the only starfighter left out of the whole galaxy, which I find a little hard to believe. But 
Um, well, I suppose he's the only one because obviously those, those games were sent, sent everywhere. Game. Yeah, which were they yeah. think they're the only people who can actually do anything. But uh, yeah, <laughs> hence the last starfight. <laughs> <laughs> For now. For now, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just think the. For me, the age I was when this came out, you know, this was everything that I wanted my games to be. You yes. know, yeah. the the fact that I was playing, you know, um, Firefox FX, you know, the tabletop yeah. game, and just thinking, oh, if only if I beat this, I wonder if somebody will come along and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. You're kind of like a bit, sort of like um, I don't know, like when 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 you're a kid. It's like um, I remember when ET came out in in a in a newspaper. It, it you know it's absolute crap, but you know, it said in the newspaper, oh, if you go to bed tonight and you say ET phone home, he you know spaceship will, will come, you know maybe a spaceship will come and come and get you. And you know the age I was, it was gullible. It's like. You know, oh, there's me in bed that night. Um, I was at my aunt and uncle's house. So I remember it vividly, and I remember saying, "Before I went to sleep, you know, eat phone home." You know, it's like you're so gullible at that age, you know, I'm, but I'm, you want it to be true so much. I'm going to try that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the same with this as well. You know, you you're so gullible. You're kind of like you're wishing so much that it was true. But I think this is one of those films that that embraces that. The, the the fact that, that you know you're that particular age at the time and it's that wonder of oh you know just just think if this could happen because you're it, it's sort of it is that ET type um, mm. you know scenario that anything anything can happen yeah and um, I I was lucky enough when I went to one of the comic cons because uh, the Catherine Mary Stewart and Lance Guest was there. But um, but also uh, Nick Castle was there as well. He, he was there more from the Halloween side of things, and uh, but obviously he, he directed the Last Starfighter as well. And yeah. and I, it was a weird thing. Whether it was the end of the day and I was just exhausted, but you know he signed a poster for me. I, I got all three of them to sign the poster, and he put to Steve greetings Starfighter, and then signed it. And I got all emotional. I got no idea uh-huh. why because it was like, you know this this was such a. You know, a big part of my childhood that has stayed with me because I've yeah. and, and now and I, you know, I appreciate the story, the special effects, and and the fact that yeah. you know this was a first with how they made it, but also I do enjoy the story. Yeah, you know, and, and some it, of the characters in the trailer park as well that get overlooked as well, like you know, you got the uh, the maintenance man and things like that. You know, they played some good parts. I like the characters. Well, that's what I was going to say as well. There's things that they say. You know, these things don't come. You know, every come round too many times. You know, when when they do come round, you've got to grab hold of them and and yeah. hold them. You know, tight and and just go and just go for it. Oh, does I, I never even get a chance to have a good time around here. Things change. Always do. Get your chance. Important thing is when it comes, you got to grab it with both hands and hold on tight. Good sound advice. Hey, well, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, it's a, a real sort of good, good feel movie, I think. And I know you're going to know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. What is the name of the weapon they use oh, right at the end to it's... destroy the Armada? 
Is it? It's not sunflower. No, it's it's something a star Ooh. starburst or sunburst. No. no. So um. Okay, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you a clue. So the first part is another word for dying, or, or dead. And then the second bit is a uh, flower. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I can't remember. It's the death blast or something. I can't, oh. oh, you got the first bit. Yeah, oh. you got the <laughs> death blossom. I know. That's it. Hey! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was in there somewhere. You just had to get it out. I knew it was there. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. And even, even that, the... when that sort of kicks off and they're spinning round and. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Because it's like, you, there's no control over it. It's no. just like a one. I'll hit one button and then the, the ship takes over and it just spins in all directions and fires everywhere. Fire! I think, what do you think the um, the, the sequel is going to be about, though? Is it like I'm, I'm really hoping that it's going to have um, you know Lance Guest in it? I, I really do. It needs to. It needs to. I don't know. I, I, that'll be one of those that don't tread the same, don't do the same thing. Try and do something yeah. a little bit different. But the, these films, like I was saying, that this is what. I think of sometimes, you know, when I'm getting in the VR, when I'm playing some of these other games, to think, wow, this is the closest that I will ever get to being inside the being cockpit a of a spaceship. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. You know... Um, <laughs> you just have to live out your own stories, really, because, as you say, you're not going to ever experience it. Uh, it will happen years to come. Yeah, but, techno- but yeah, technology has not got that quick... That's what I mean. Near it. No, no. As I say, I've always maintained that I was born too early because I mean, yeah. I'd mm-hmm. love to do that sort of stuff, but living it through this film, this is why some of these are so, don't know, why I enjoy it. I'd like it to so think much. that at the end of the first one, he, he, he comes down, he picks up Maggie, and they go off. And then Lewis, you know, he's excited by the fact that his brother's this now starfighter, and as the film ends, Lewis is starting to play the game. I'd like to think that maybe the the second one was a bit revolved around his brother in somehow. Maybe Lewis, yeah. Maybe he, he needs to needs to come and save him. You know, yeah. may, uh, you know, he 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 knows him very well. You know, yeah. But uh, yeah, that that would be a good one. Hmm. Uh, oh, good, awesome. Um, right, so time for our coveted cushion award. Uh, so the scores can be between 0 and 10 cushions. A score of 0 to 4 gets you a very dirty, sticky, half-chewed, toffee-covered-in-fluff excuse of a cushion. 4.5 to 7 gets you an old, ripped, tatty cushion that with a little TLC is more comfy than you thought. 7.5 to 9 gets you a silver silk cushion which has the groovy tassels on each corner. And a big old 10 gets you the gold velvet cushion that would have you believe you're snuggled into the warm lap of a Wookiee. So, what are you going to give this one then, Russ? Need a lot of thought. You've, this naught, one. you've got from naught to five. Yeah, no, tricky one. Um, I think when I first watched it, it definitely would have had five, five cushions. But today, you know what? 
I'm still going to give it that five cushions. <laughs> it's a great film. Watch it. Watch it more than once. Keep watching it. It's one of those films where you can keep watching and it doesn't age or get boring. Just keep watching it. It's a great film. I think you're absolutely right. I, I, we keep doing this, and and I apologise the fact that we're, <clears throat> you know, we we keep giving out these these high numbers. They're not going anywhere, but you know, serves us right for for living through an age where we've got some fantastic movies. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you, we just really had the, the the cream of the crop in in with these you know eighties and nineties movies. They're, they're fantastic. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean th- this. This does have a special place in my heart. I mean, I've got posters, I've got a storybook signed, T-shirts. spent way too much money getting everything signed, and but but yeah. um, it was a it was a good experience. Um, yeah, I know this is definitely one of the one of your most favourites. So um, good to finally talk about it. And, yeah, um, you know, I've seen some of the, the the memorabilia that you've got. I've not seen some of the signed things that you've got, but. You know, quite often when you know we'd come around and see you, you know, you'd have a t-shirt and you'd like quiz me on it. It's like, what's this? Like, it wouldn't say anything on it. it. It would just have a pattern on it or something. And you'd say, right, what's this pattern from? Or you know, it's like, and I was like, uh, <laughs> trying to guess where you know this wavy line might have been, you know, and things like that. But no, um, yeah. okay well thanks for listening we both hope you enjoyed it if you did please subscribe so you never miss a new episode you can hear us on apple and google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, podbeam and from our website www.downthebackofthesofas.com or you can now even ask your amazon echo device to play down the back of the sofas and we will be there you can contact us via our website or Facebook page. Our email address is dtbots77 at gmail.com and our Twitter account is at dtbots, D-T-B-O-T-S, down the back of the sofas. Punk.